Well, good morning. What a cool thing. That's, um, that's the kind of thing Jesus wants us to be involved with, and especially on Father's Day to think about that. That's a cool thing. So if you've got your Bibles, I'd like to invite you to turn with me to the book of Proverbs, and we're going to be today starting in Proverbs 6 and continuing our series. The book of Proverbs is inviting us to encounter wisdom, and in many cases it's a practical wisdom. But it's, it's more than just sort of good advice because one of the things that the Bible would assert is that if you encounter wisdom, you encounter God. Um, and so we talked about that last time I preached on how Jesus is the wisdom of God. But today we're going to dive into a different, a different idea in the book of Proverbs. So Proverbs chapter 6. I want to start though with the picture. Uh, this is a picture. Uh, how many of you have participated in this particular activity? Paddle boarding? Has anyone done this? Not a huge paddleboarding culture in Oklahoma. Um, so <laughs> so uh, this past Christmas, I was in Florida with my in-laws, and they got a paddleboard, this massive surfboard-type thing with this big paddle, and I got to attempt paddleboarding for the first time on the ocean. And I know what some of you are thinking, please, God, let there be footage. Um, there's not, there's not, and I am not, this is not me and the, the, the human being, I am depicted by the dog and by the expression on the dog's face, uh, <laughs> but I attempted paddleboarding, and after a while, after many, you know, falling off of the paddleboard, getting smacked with the paddleboard when the waves knocked me off the paddleboard, I did eventually get up on the paddleboard um, briefly, and, it, and to be honest, it was kind of cool, you got to see, um, there, there were dolphins, uh, we got to see uh, sea turtles, um, garbage, uh, it wasn't, it's not all romantic, uh, and, and so I got up on the paddleboard, and several other family members got up on the paddleboard, and then that night, my brother-in-law, who is a, it just very, like, grew up on the water, collegiate swimmer, he arrived, um, but when, in between the time that we were paddleboarding and the time that he arrived, a storm moved in. And the wind whipped up, and the wind is just sweeping down the beach, and there are white caps, and it's just blowing north to south. And he arrives, and it's getting towards uh, dusk, and it's starting to rain. And his brother says, hey, everybody else got up on the paddleboard today. Um, you think you could do it? And which I thought was just the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. It's raining, it's stormy. Um, but apparently elder brothers can be very convincing. And so Brandon proceeds to go out on the ocean, on the paddleboard, in the white caps, in the storm, and attempt to paddleboard. And I remember looking out the top upstairs window of him out in the ocean, getting knocked off and knocked off and knocked off, and eventually starting to get it and paddling as fast as he could against the current, all the while being blown down the beach about a mile. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he comes back in the house an hour or so later, he had to carry the paddleboard, which is even harder to carry apparently than it is to ride on, down the beach, in the cold, in the rain. And, and, and the reality was as hard as he was paddling, the wind was blowing harder and he was drifting down the beach. Uh, and, and that was true for him, but I think it, it's, also, it's also true in life. Uh, and the principle that I want to start with today is a pretty basic principle of practical sort of living uh, that we see in the book of Proverbs. And, it, and it's, simply, it's simply this. Almost nobody drifts 
toward their desired destination in life. Rarely does one drift toward a desired destination. That's true in paddleboarding. It's true in life. If you look at somebody that you respect and you say, man, and I really respect what you've achieved, and you ask them, how did you get there? They will not say that, you know, something like, I don't know, I just woke up one day and, you know, I watched, you know, I watched some sports center and, you know, uh, I have a brother-in-law right now who's finishing surgical school and he's got like just a little less than a year left and he's slept on a cot under the helipad in the hospital and, and not got to see his family very much. And if you ask him, you know, how'd you make it, right? You're almost done. He's not going to say that he just drifted there, right? And that's true for people who maybe been successful in business, it's true for people who have a great marriage, a marriage that is, is closer now than it was when it started and has endured the tests of time. If you ask them how they got to that place in their marriage, they're not going to say, oh, I just, I don't know, I just sort of woke up one day and still love my spouse. You know? th- th- nobody drifts toward a desired destination in life, not in their career, not in their physical health, their physical health and wellness, right? You don't see somebody with six-pack abs, and you ask them, "What are you doing?" They're like, "Cheetos," you know. Uh, no one drifts toward a desired destination in life, and because of that, I want to start with a quote today by a guy named D. A. Carson, and this quote talks about something that he defines as grace-driven effort. And I'm not going to put the words up. I just want to read it to you. I want you to hear this quote. He says this, people do not drift toward holiness. Apart from grace-driven effort, people do not gravitate toward godliness, prayer, obedience to scripture, faith, and delight in the Lord. He says we drift toward compromise and call it tolerance. We drift toward disobedience and call it freedom. We drift toward superstition and call it faith. We cherish the indiscipline of a loss of self-control and we call it relaxation. We slouch toward prayerlessness and delude ourselves into thinking we have escaped legalism. We slide towards godlessness and convince ourselves that we've been liberated. He says, apart from grace-driven effort, And the word grace there is important. Nobody drifts toward a desired destination. You don't just arrive there. And so in light of that quote on on grace-driven effort, I want to ask a question today that's going to sort of guide our message. And the question is is very simply this. It'll be up on the screen for you. Uh, The question is this. What can Proverbs teach us about hard work? and laziness. That phrase, grace-driven effort. What can Proverbs teach us about hard work and laziness? Because if you read the book of Proverbs, there are several different people that show up continually in the book. Uh, there, there is the, the immoral woman. There is the, the drunkard. There is lady wisdom, and there's lady folly, and these serve as sort of symbolic types of different kinds of people. But one of the types that shows up over and over in the book is someone that the book of Proverbs calls the sluggard. The sluggard. And so today's message is titled lovingly, 
the sluggard, based on that character. And I promise I didn't choose it because it was Father's Day. I just want to get that out there. Right? We will come back to Father's Day in a little bit, but the sluggard is not like a slam on, on dads. What does Proverbs have to teach us about hard work and the sluggard? Proverbs 6, beginning in verse 6, it says this. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It, the ant, has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. Look to the ant, you sluggard, the, the book says. In another proverb, it brings up the sluggard. In Proverbs chapter 26, it says this in verse 13. A sluggard says, there's a lion in the road, a fierce lion roaming the streets. But as a door turns on its hinges, so a sluggard turns on his bed. A sluggard buries his hand in the dish he is too lazy to bring it back to its mouth. There's like this picture, this is this ridiculous sort of exaggerated picture of a guy who is so lazy, he gets his spoon in the dish and then is just like, Right? And my kids do that sometimes. So they get a little bit too tired, right? Sometimes it's a face plant, right? Uh, the message translation says this about the same. It translates it this way. Loafers say, it's dangerous out there. Tigers are prowling the streets. And then pull the covers back over their heads. Just as a door turns on its hinges, so a lazy bones turns back over in bed. A shiftless sluggard puts his fork in the pie, but is too lazy to lift it to his mouth. So if you've caught the, uh, the exaggeration, the, the mockery, the kind of humor uh, that undergirds this passage, it's about 